Celebrate the historic 100th Greeley Stampede, June 23rd through July 4th, featuring concerts, rodeo, carnival, and more. Tickets available at GreeleyStampede.org. This is Mornings with Kale on Northern Colorado's Voice, 1310 KFKA. Well, as we speak, George Orwell is rolling over in his grave. How was he such, uh, how did he get that ability to foresee the future? And I can't believe the words are coming out of my mouth this morning. Welcome to your ministry of truth. I kid you not. 607 now, Northern Colorado's Voice, 1031-1310, KFKA, Mornings with Gail from the Allo Communications Studios. How was George Orwell so prolific in his prognostications? Can you tell me that? 970-353-1310, drop me a text, 888 All right, so you're familiar with the term memory hole, Right. Well, we've already gone through the looking glass and down the memory hole in this nation where history is being revised, rewritten, discarded, out and out scrubbed. Now we've got, make sure I got this right here, uh, we have got the disinformation czar. This is the Biden administration's latest assault on free speech. So, insane as it is that the Department of Homeland Security has created a disinformation governance board. Yeah, that just happened. It happened uh, actually on Wednesday when you had uh, Mayorkas uh, coming out and saying that, well, yes, we're going to create this to uh, stop disinformation. Well, it's utter madness that the woman running this is Nina Jankowitz. Well, she is pretty much a veteran disinformation spreader. Think about this, okay? This uh, coming out of a variety of sources this morning, and it just boggles my mind. She embraced and promoted the bogus Clinton campaign creator, Russia, Russia, Russia. Oh, yes, the Trump-Russia collusion dossier. Then she waged war on the New York Post, true and accurate reporting, and they were summarily canceled, scrubbed, as the case may be, of Hunter Biden's laptop. Now, as uh, the Those stories ran, and the New York Post, kudos to them for breaking those stories, even though they were summarily silenced. You had the Associated Press saying disinformation experts say there are multiple red flags that raise doubts about their authenticity, including questions about whether the laptop actually belongs to Hunter Biden. This, according to our new disinformation czar, Nina Jankowitz, remember? It was all Russian disinformation. She also told the AP at that time when this story broke, we should view it as nothing more, nothing more than a Trump campaign 
product. Now, Jankowitz she soon shared another report casting yet more doubt on the provenance of the New York Post's Hunter Biden laptop story. And then she tweeted, the emails don't need to be altered to be part of what she referred to as an influence campaign. Voters, she said, deserve that context, not some fairy tale about a laptop repair shop. All right, well, check me on this if I'm wrong. As it turns out, it was not a fairy tale. So you had uh, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas uh, testifying Wednesday that this disinformation governance board had recently been created. Now, uh, do you find, if you connect the dots here, uh, kind of an odd, well, not so odd, a transparent, perhaps, connection? Because the disinformation governance board was created just days after Elon Musk purchased Twitter to combat online disinformation. Oh, by the way, Mayorkas also found himself absolutely roasted on the Capitol Hill grill yesterday for his action, or rather his inaction, on the border, courtesy of several congressmen, among them Representative Ken Buck, who, by the way, we'll talk to at 8.05. But meanwhile, uh, back to the Ministry of Truth, as uh, the administration is going to, well, help us help ourselves, right? Because obviously we don't have the good sense that God gave us to be able to discern between what is true and right and what is patently false, which begs the question, where do you get your information? Or, as the case may be, uh, with our disinformation czar, uh, the information that is soon going to be spoon-fed to all of us. Or am I jumping on the conspiracy theory bandwagon? I don't think so. 970-353-1310. Uh, drop me a text. Uh, 888-530-0043. So it was... Uh, just on Wednesday, that another of our uh, disinformation uh, czar's uh, tweets came back to haunt her. This is what she said. Uh, back on the laptop from hell, apparently, uh, Biden notes 40 former NATSEC officials and five former CIA heads that believe the laptop is a Russian influence op. Trump says Russia, Russia, Russia. Her defense. For those who believe this tweet is a key to all of my views, no, it's just simply a direct quote from both candidates during the final presidential debate. If you look at my timeline, you'll see that I was live tweeting that evening. Oh, but there's a hitch in her proverbial giddy-up because it was a direct quote of what she chose to quote. It only grows more and more alarming, doesn't it? As for all my views, well, there's an October 24th, 2020 tweet about the nuance of the alleged Biden laptop kerfuffle. Plus, there's another six months later, March 16th, 2021, claiming 
that the intelligence community has a high degree of confidence that the Kremlin used proxies to push influence narratives, including misleading or unsubstantiated claims about President Biden, a clear nod, she said, to the alleged Hunter laptop. Bottom line is, as the New York Post, and again, uh, they're a player in all of this, and uh, they're rather vested in the story as they were uh, castigated and cast down because they dared to report on something that, oh, surprisingly enough, turns out to be true. Well, as the New York Post editorial board said, look, she referring to our new, our new disinformation czar, is a career left-wing partisan. From her days working at the National Democratic Institute to her Fulbright-Clinton Fellowship, yes, you heard correctly, to her gig at the left-leaning Wilson Center, where she routinely did media hits with NPR, CNN, PBS, Fox is oddly missing from that media equation, and so on, while placing New York Times and Washington Post op-eds. Hiring her, opines the New York Post for this job, shows just how detached from reality and broad American society the entire Biden team has become. Plus, and I think it's a good question, how about you? Why does the administration even need another disinformation jar, a czar? We already have Jen Psaki. You tell me, 970-353-1310. Drop me a text, 888-530-0043. now, Northern Colorado's Voice, 1031-1310. KFKA, this time check sponsored by the Candlelight Dinner Playhouse, where you can experience the epitome of the musical dinner theater experience. Find out what I'm talking about for tickets and show information. Just hop online, visit coloradocandlelight.com. Candlelight Dinner Playhouse in Johnstown, Broadway in your backyard. Today's headlines, podcasts and mornings with Gail and more, and a schedule of upcoming sports broadcasts. Find them at 1310kfka.com. So, as uh, we are anticipating, dreading, uh, this formation of the Ministry of Truth, uh, begging the question, which version of the truth are we going to get from the Biden administration? It does beg the question, is Team Biden no longer even trying to avoid being a laughing stock, asked James Bovard. Now, James Bovard is the author of 10 books and a member of the USA Today Board of Contributors. 624 now, Northern Colorado's Voice, 1031-1310, KFKA, Mornings with Gail, from the Allo Communications uh, Studio. So, yeah, uh, we've got this uh, uh, Department of Homeland Security uh Born and uh, bred disinformation governance board, and it's been being heading headed up by one Nina Jankowitz, who apparently has quite the track record of disinformation herself. But why did 
President Joe Biden just appoint a champion of the Hunter Biden laptop cover-up to serve as chief of his new Ministry of Truth. Again, Department of Homeland Security uh, Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas announced that his agency is creating that disinformation governance board. I can't believe these words are coming out of my mouth. Given the Biden record, it's unclear, though, whether the new board will be fighting or dispensing disinformation. Again, Nina Jankowitz, the head of the new board. She's a Bryn Mawr graduate who worked for the National Democratic Institute, by the way, which is heavily funded by the National Endowment for Democracy, which spurred perennial controversy for inter- interfering in foreign elections. Now, once as we discussed earlier, Jankowitz never complained when Twitter suppressed all links to the New York Post articles uh, about the laptop before the 2020 election, but it was just last week when rumors circulated that Elon Musk, and again, connect the dots here, I don't think it's that much of a stretch, when those rumors circulated that Elon Musk might well buy Twitter, she fretted. Oh, the consternation. Oh, the angst was evidence in her voice when she spoke to National Public Radio, saying, I shudder to think about if free speech absolutists, absolutists were taking over more platforms. Okay, let me see, Nina, if I have this straight. If you are a champion of free speech, you're an absolutist. Why? That makes you an extremist now, doesn't it? Well, the line is the Rosetta Stone for understanding the new disinformation, uh, disinformation governance board. The goal, it's not truth, which could arise from the clash, the very healthy, robust clash of competing opinions. Instead, political overlords need power to exert pressure and pull to shape our beliefs by discrediting, if not totally suppressing, uh, opinions that don't fit the mainstream narrative. Homeland Security held Jankowitz as an information warfare expert, but uh, that honorific doesn't indicate which side of the barricade she will take. For example, will the new board condemn any articles that blame Biden instead of Putin for soaring inflation and ravaging all of us? Will the board disparage any publication of new details of the bribes that Hunter Biden received from a tainted Ukrainian company while his father was vice president? Oh, I don't know. Maybe Jankowitz has a soft spot for Hunter because she's been a Ukrainian government consultant. The new board is tasked to focus on irregular immigration. Whatever the heck that is. As well as other topics. It's all pretty irregular these days. Will the board castigate any news reports on crimes committed by illegal immigrants? Will the board leak damaging information on any reporter who dares to call out the Biden administration. Now, let's call it for what it is. Biden's new board is part of a concerted attack on free speech. Think about it. Let's define disinformation, shall we? 
disinformation is often simply the lag time between any given pronouncement and the dis the debunking of government falsehoods. Think about that once again. The lag time between any proclamation, any pronouncement that comes out of the government and the debunking of the falsehoods. For example, it was early 2003. Anyone who denied that Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction was guilty of that disinformation crime. Oh, that was until after... George W. Bush's Iraq invasion found no WMDs. And for much of the year, the past year, year and a half, anyone who dared to dispute Biden's assertion that people who get vaccines won't get COVID was guilty of, you got it, disinformation. Oh, well, until the administration was forced to admit the president was wrong. Is the new definition of disinformation anything which undermines trust in President Biden? You tell me. 970-353-1310. Drop me a text at 888-530-0043. All right. uh, We're going to revisit a topic that uh, matters as to so many of us, uh, these proposed bills that are aiming to stop surprise hospital building and are seeking to add price uh, transparency, top of mind across the state. Well, uh, we had the opportunity to talk to one David Silverstein, who was actually a driving force uh, behind uh, this legislation. He is an advocate for patients facing predatory medical bills, and yes, the guy behind the groundbreaking legislative action in the state. David Silverstein, expert on the broken health care system, weighs in this morning at 635. 631 now, Northern Colorado's Voice, 1031-1310, KFKA. One is an elite high school basketball coach. The other is an award-winning broadcaster. Clark and the Coach on 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. Well, as State uh, Senator Kevin Lundberg once said, when you buy a car, you know what the price is. Stands to reason. Well, shouldn't that same principle apply when it comes to your health care costs. 639 now, Northern Colorado's Voice, 1031-1310 KFKA. Mornings with Gail from the Allo Communications uh, Studio. Yeah, shouldn't we know uh, what things cost when it comes to uh, medical procedures? I mean, and, and some of the egregious charges are just just so over the top. $15, for example, for a single Tylenol, $53 per pair of gloves, $23 for a single alcohol swab. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, shouldn't we know 
when it comes to our health, when it comes to uh, those uh, medical practices that we need, shouldn't we know what they're going to cost rather than suffering sticker shock when we get our bills? David Silverstein is an advocate for patients facing predatory medical bills. He's also behind the groundbreaking legislative action in the state, and uh, he oversees Broken Healthcare. This provides a patient advocacy and works to facilitate public policy change at both the state and federal levels. You can find out more at brokenhealthcare.org. David, such a pleasure to talk with you again. Great to be back here. All right, so bring us up to speed where all of the uh, where everything stands. Well, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned Senator Lundberg. Back in 2018, when I originally brought uh, legislation that turned into the federal rules on health care price transparency, Senator Lundberg was one of the sponsors of that bill in 2018 that didn't make it through. And the reason he had signed on to the bill is that he had another bill that you're probably familiar with, or you wouldn't have mentioned him, which was back in 2017, which was supposed to bring more transparency to health care. And the first time I sat down with him, he was absolutely furious. He was angry as could be. He told me about having recently gone to uh, one of the local hospitals to see what they were doing with the law that he had written and, and passed. And what was supposed to happen is they were supposed to publish the prices of their most common procedures. Common procedure, he's thinking a knee replacement, a colonoscopy, an appendectomy, Instead, they were printing prices of things like urinalysis, administering an IV bag, right? Because they said, well, those are our most common procedures. Uh, And so he was super angry at how they were gaming that system. And that's exactly where we are here in 2022. So yesterday, this bill uh, passed through the Senate committee, Health and uh, Human Services Committee, with a unanimous vote. So we had a unanimous vote in the House committee. Mm-hmm. We had a 63 to 1 vote in favor of the bill in the, at the, on the floor of the House, a unanimous vote in the Senate committee. And so the last step is on Monday, uh, the bill should be approved. But between now and then, the healthcare industry is going to continue to try and do everything they can to defeat the bill. And the way they do it is by playing games like they played with Senator Lundberg back in 2017. All it takes sometimes is one or two words to change to completely sure. neuter the effectiveness of something, and that's so. So we're in the we're in the home stretch here, but there's going to be a lot of uh, fighting going on today and over the the weekend to try to find ways to defeat this thing. No doubt. Okay, so um, for those that might not be familiar with the legislation, we're talking House Bill twenty two twelve eighty five. Right. All right. So uh, tell us how it reads now. And I think what is so disturbing is that they can totally undermine it, as you said, uh, totally destroy the intent of this bill with some crafty wording. Yeah. So the bill is actually probably about the most simple and elegant legislative bills you'll ever see. All it says is that if a hospital wasn't complying with the federal law on price transparency, on the date you were hospitalized, that the hospital can't sue you to collect on that bill and they can't use a state-licensed collections agency to collect on it. In other words, it makes it really hard for them to get paid. 
Uh, and the goal is simply to make compliance pay. Right now, compliance with the federal law, which means publishing all of their prices, including the prices they've negotiated with with yours and other insurance companies, um, it, it makes it not pay to do that because if they're not giving you the prices, as, as you alluded to in your introduction there, uh, they get to charge you all kinds of crazy prices because you right. can't check the prices in advance. And it also means there's you don't get the benefit of competition. So even if you knew the price on the day you went to the hospital because they just published it that day or they gave it to you that day in the form of a so-called estimate, that's not really giving you the benefit of what the federal government is looking for. The federal government wants you to have the benefit of competition, which means that price should be lower. Um, and that's why we have to have all of their prices, and we have to have it all of the time, and we have to have it well in advance of requiring services, because we're trying to drive competition and drive prices down, not simply disclose to you mm-hmm. the price on the day you're having services. All right, so uh, this bill has a lot of bipartisan support, as uh, uh, demonstrated by its passage, but there's also some opposition to it as well. Uh, No surprise from what sector that's coming from. (laughs) That's right. It's just the hospitals. Uh, It's not – this is not an issue that divides Americans, right? I mean, if you talk about the the third rails of America, you know, guns and abortion and things like that, the death penalty, there are good, thoughtful people on both sides of those issues who have real things to say and real things they believe mm-hmm. and can have a thoughtful debate. There are no real people on the other side of this issue. This is 100 percent about hospitals trying to take advantage of Americans by keeping prices uneconomically high by denying competitive forces. And, David, this isn't your first rodeo. You have a long and prestigious track record when it comes to fighting the shenanigans that we are seeing in our broken health care system. Tell us about that. Well, I, I mean, uh, I don't know what I'd say the long track record, but it all evolved over time. It was never something I had planned. Uh, but it was about a decade ago when I just got angry at the system looking at some bills with my Uh, with my oldest daughter at the time, and uh, we wound up asking a lot of questions of uh, some hospitals that we owed money to, and the answers we got back were just crazy. Things like, I'm sorry, we can't give you our prices, they're proprietary, and uh, price information isn't usually helpful to patients. And I'm thinking to myself, my God, you're actually putting this in in writing? Um, One letter we got was, was signed by a woman, and her title was Revenue Enhancement Specialist. Can you imagine getting a letter from any other company that said, I'm the revenue enhancement specialist. My job is to figure out how to take as much money away from you as possible. Right? I mean, it's, it, it, that, that's how numb they are to, uh, to, to the awful business practices. And up here in northern Colorado, we have some of the absolute worst, you know, most egregious uh, hospitals. So try to fix this problem with a legislative solution in 2018 uh, that – failed because of some very aggressive and very uh, sleazy tactics by the the hospitals. Uh, But that blew up in their face in that the White House picked up on what we were trying to do here in Colorado and asked me to come to Washington and, and in their words, said, help us get this right. Um, And their hearts were in the right place. They wanted to get to competitive markets and price transparency, but they were going about it all wrong. They were going to use average prices and estimate prices. None of that matters. We need to know the price that the next guy is 
paying and the price the last guy is paying and the best price they've offered somebody else. So we can try to get a better price uh, either by going somewhere else or negotiating uh, with that hospital. We need to let the normal forces of a market economy work on our health care system. So uh, the Trump administration turned that into a, an executive order. I actually wrote the first draft of that executive order back in 2019. Mm-hmm. And the uh, law took effect on January 1st of 2021. So it's been in effect now for coming up on 18 months. And they knew it was coming since June of 2019. And yet they still want to tell us it's hard to actually do it. It's hard to publish the prices that they use every single day to produce bills. Right? It doesn't really make a lot. They say, well, it's hard for us to get at this information. And the question, well, how do, how do you produce a bill every day, every single day, hundreds yeah. of times a day, thousands of times a day? Uh, it's all in your computer systems. Computers make it easy. You, all you have to do is dump it to an Excel spreadsheet. And they say it's it's too hard because when it comes to compliance, uh, you know, it's always about you know what what can we do that's the absolute minimum to not get in trouble with the federal government. So the federal government's issued a few warning letters. They haven't issued a single fine yet, um, and and nothing is changing. So. We decided we have the tools and the power here in Colorado to enforce those federal laws. At least Coloradans can get the benefits of the law. God love it. I actually wrote that down, David. Revenue enhancement specialist. (laughs) Having the audacity to say to patients, well, we find that uh, giving you costs doesn't really help you all that much. Seriously? I mean, revenue enhancement specialist, that's right up there with the uh, uh, disinformation governance board that the administration (laughs) just established. That's right. I mean, that's right. I mean, when you're that numb to... Uh, how other people are going to interpret what you're doing. It, it, it tells you there's definitely a, a problem, and, and they don't care. They don't care what we think because they think they have all the power. But this is an issue that is, uh, you know, I don't think there's a single voter that believes this is a bad idea. Um, only hospitals. So I, I suppose a few of those hospital CEOs do from time to time vote. So maybe we'll call it a 99.99% of the population, <laughs> you know, uh, Uh, But it it truly is. I mean, we talk about special interests all the time, but rarely is there an issue that is purely about special. Usually they're at least representing some group of people, right? The ACLU represents people. The NAACP represents people. The NRA represents, you know, people. Uh, Planned Parenthood represents people. Uh, The Colorado Hospital Association only represents hospitals. Wow. All right. So uh, fast forward. What is the fate of House Bill, asking you to put your Karnak hat on there, House Bill 22-1285. Well, I think it's going to be very hard um, to defeat it when it passed through both chambers' committees with a unanimous vote, and it got passed with a 63-1 to vote in the House. It's right. going to be very, very hard. I'm actually not worried about it not passing. What I'm most worried about is uh, the senators being talked <laughs> right. Seem, seemingly innocuous amendments to it. Before, right. They're going to pass it. But if they pass it and they make changes to it, that is a very, very dangerous game to play because the hospitals are not honest with them. I mean, I sat in this committee hearing yesterday and and it literally I, I, even legislators say to me, David, this is the only time that lobbyists come in front of me and just tell boldface lies. You know, others come in and they strongly advocate and sure they're biased and they try to twist things. Only the hospitals come in and actually lie 
to us. And so it's very, very dangerous for them to, um, on the floor of the Senate, to allow amendments where they can't turn back to people like me and the governor's staff who really understand this in great depth and detail for a bunch of legislators who have, you know, maybe read the bill once and heard a few things that seem like good ideas to start uh, making amendments on the House of the Senate. That's that to me is a dangerous thing. That that's what I'm most worried about. So it's going to pass. Uh, the question is, um, does it what pass? What it's going to look like? Yeah, made, yeah. Made ineffective. Exactly. Yeah. You know, they call it sausage making, and I just say, you know, there's some <laughs> sausage reason. I just wouldn't eat. David Silverstein, expert on the broken health care system. You can find uh, more about uh, his organization, Broken Healthcare, at brokenhealthcare.org. David, I so appreciate your joining me, particularly today, uh, to update me. And- right, I heard it's your- did I hear it your last day? Yes, it certainly is. And uh, oh. looking forward to, to a number of new challenges and opportunities, not riding off into the sunset whatsoever. But thank you so much again for your passion and your devotion to this important issue. Yeah, thanks for having me and uh, honored to be uh, to be here at the, on your last show. Thanks Good again. Luck to you. Thank you so okay. much. David Silverstein, uh, brokenhealthcare.org. 6.54 now, Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1, KFKA. 6.57 now, Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1, KFKA. It's baseball season, and the Colorado Rockies can be heard on Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1 and 13.10 KFKA. Well, season got a little bit ugly for the Rockies once again as the Phillies finished off a four-game sweep. Rockies outscored 32-9 to over those four games. Greeley Mayor John Gates coming up next.